0: Hello and welcome to another podcast, The Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks, and the point of this podcast ultimately at the end of the day is to get us to draw closer to God and as an extension of that, to become closer, more involved in all of our lives throughout it. And with that in mind, the topic I wanted to bring up for this podcast was how do we Get in touch with listening to god and displaying it outwards into life i know that something as a priest that i'm assuming you're way better at this than me already from a starting point and i was just looking to see if you can give us some guidance to go down this direction and how to become better at it because i think that ultimately that this skill assuming that we can learn it will have great benefits not just upon ourselves but upon everyone
1: around us Well, it's a really important question, and you say I'm better at it as a priest, but uh, I'm not very good at it in the context in which you live. In fact, you're much better at it than I am, and that's part of the point in recognizing that we are all members, different members of the body of Christ, and we're all meant to affect the world in different ways. And so the way that you as a businessman... And as an engaged man, soon to be a married man, live out your faith is going to be different than the way that I as a monk and a priest, a professor, a media professional, or whatever, uh, live out my faith. And so we should all get good in our own context at doing that. How do you bring Christian principles into different areas of your life? And that's uh, kind of the critical question because when you do that, it also affects a, a whole a whole area of, of the world that when you, working in real estate, bring Christian principles into that, you affect contractors, you affect buyers, you affect sellers, you affect people in your personal relationships and all of those areas. And then in your family, the way that you affect your wife, the way that you form your children, the way that you affect each other's families in those relationships is all informed by Christian principles and that's really our goal is to allow every area of our life to be informed to be enlightened by the gospel our relationship with God and so one of the things that we do is look to areas in our lives where we might ask the question is this part of my life affected by the gospel is it really informed by the gospel am i a Christian businessman do I act like a Christian husband? Do I act like a Christian father? Can I put Christian in front of everything that I do, whether it's driving in the car or going to the supermarket or uh, making a phone call? The way that I respond to a, uh, a telemarketer uh, or a, you know the way that I respond to uh, a poor person in the street asking for money is everything that I do informed by the gospel. So that's the thought experiment for us to take into our own lives, and everybody has to ask that question in their own life. I ask, I can ask it in my life as a as a, a monk and a priest. I'm a seminary formator and a professor, and I work in the media, and I do you know these other things. And uh, I have to ask myself: Is the way that I just treated that seminarian is that was that really Christian? Did I did I respond to him as Christ would respond to him? Uh, is the, is the, are the things that I said on the radio, are they really Christian? Am I really reflecting the gospel? Am I reflecting Christian values, the way that uh, the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ in those settings? Um, I also, God save us, have to go shopping every once in a while, as little as possible, no more than four times a year. <laughs> but no, um, and, and I have to ask myself, you know, now I'm walking around in a religious habit, so I look like a monk wherever I am. And when i go into a walmart or a kmart or a whatever um am i really acting in a christian way in fact whether i choose to go into walmart or kmart is affected by my following of the, of the gospel you know am i supporting establishment that live according to christian principles uh, another example is coming back yesterday from a, a family retreat i was thinking about stopping and buying something at a store and i had to stop myself and say no, it's Sunday. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give people a reason to work on Sunday. I want employers to give people a day off on Sunday. So I can't change that whole thing. I'm not a business owner. I can't make those decisions for people, but I can at least stop giving them a reason in my own shopping to to, to make that difference. So anyway, the point is Every area of our life should be touched by the gospel. Every relationship should be touched by the gospel. The ways that we think, the ways that we speak, the decisions that we make, all of that should be touched by the gospel. And then we just have to start asking those questions in all the different dimensions of our own personal lives.
0: So with that being said, kind of turning to the listening side of the fence, how do we you know, know what to look for and how to... To listen better and become more in tune with what the Spirit is telling us, opposed to just the gospel. Because the gospel, we go out and read it, but the particular area that I'm asking about, because I think it's a struggle, is the Spirit that is with us every day. How do we get better at at learning how to listen to Him?
1: Yeah, that's exactly the right question. So. We could even say, uh, you know, in this little example I gave of not going shopping yesterday as I remembered it was Sunday, well, on a different day, I could have forgotten it was Sunday. Or on a different day, maybe I had a little less resolve and I thought, oh, come on, it doesn't really make that much difference. I mean, you know, how much money am I spending? Am I really causing people to keep their businesses open just because I go to the store, or don't go to the store. I right, could see how easy it is to rationalize some of those things or how easy it is to be forgetful about some of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think it was already the Holy Spirit who said, Hey, it's Sunday. I said, yep, it's Sunday. I should not do that. I should just keep driving. It'll be fine. I can pick that thing up tomorrow. So my openness to the spirit is, uh, to deepen through prayer my own commitment personal commitment to prayer getting used to listening to the holy spirit in prayer my openness to the holy spirit in any any given moment is also going to be more free if i'm less attached to things if i really really needed that whatever it was i wanted to buy yesterday then i might not have had the freedom to say uh you know I'll I'll get it tomorrow. I might not have had the freedom to listen to the Holy Spirit saying, stop that. It's Sunday. If I am too attached to things, they can become a barrier to listening to the Spirit. So there are two dimensions to that. One is I want more practice listening to the Holy Spirit so that I know what he sounds like. I know the way that he kind of comes up in my heart, the way that he becomes a thought in my mind. I want to be more sensitive to that. There's a growing insensitivity. And there's also a removing of insensitivity, a removing of barriers. The more free I am of different attachments that, you know, as another example, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, Mm -hmm. if I've got a lot of pride, I've got a lot of ego, uh, then I might easily react to that. And I don't have the freedom needed to be able to even see that there's a choice. I don't need to yell at that guy. I don't need to give him the finger. I don't need to hold down my horn at him. I don't need to go and run around him and cut him off. I don't need to do those things. I can allow God to give me patience and forgiveness. Now, it might be the right thing to hold down the horn. Maybe he needs to be alerted to the fact that he just cut me off, and it's dangerous, and he needs to wake up. You know, But I can do that with a peaceful heart if I allow If I have an openness to the Holy Spirit, if I'm not attached to my own ego, if I don't need to fight for my rights and get vengeance on my enemies. So developing freedom is really critical for listening to the Holy Spirit. So Father,
0: my question out of this, and this might be what you're trying to guide me towards here, is in listening, it seems to be coming around with the conscience within us. And this might be the same question, just asked a different way how do we form consciences to be very well-formed and right, full well knowing that one day I might be in charge of having to form someone else's conscience? So how do we learn how to do that? And what is a well-formed conscience?
1: Excellent question. Yeah, that's uh, the, the right word to use. Our conscience is the place that we hear God speaking within us. And you're so right that there is such a thing as a, ill-formed conscience or a well-formed conscience, and ultimately we're responsible to our conscience to do what it says, but we're also responsible for forming our conscience. So you're just bringing out great things. Your, your question is loaded with good uh, categories and concepts for us to reflect on. So I want to listen to my conscience. The Holy Spirit speaks in my conscience, and then I need to make sure that my, my conscience is well-formed so that I'm not hearing the Holy Spirit through the improper filter of my own agenda or my own bad formation or my own bad examples or something like that. So how do I develop a well-formed conscience? And that happens through uh, the same way that we're, we're educated in other areas. We're going to have some reading. Reading the Catechism is a wonderful way to form our conscience because the Catechism is a sure guide to our entire Catholic faith, to our entire faith as Christians. The Catechism has everything in it that we need, uh, all the basic principles. There are some elaborations, some specializations. The Catechism may not specifically address the question of how do you handle somebody who cuts you off in traffic. But it is going to tell you about anger and vengeance and uh, about maintaining peace and forgiveness and uh, holding on to right reason. Anyway, So uh, being formed by the principles that are presented in the catechism, being formed by sacred scripture, of course, as you pointed out, it's not always easy to derive all the right lessons from sacred scripture. So the catechism is kind of the application of scripture to ordinary life and the synthesis, the gathering together of scripture under a a single vision, but scripture, and then the catechism, and then our own personal prayer, that's going to be a way to work through those uh, areas that really blind our conscience. When we're habituated to sin, when we have a certain pattern of sinfulness in our lives, it has a way of numbing our conscience or silencing our conscience that we can't hear anymore, this isn't good for you. Don't do this, stop this. You know, maybe that was the case the first time that we looked at pornography on the internet, but after having done it a number of times, our conscience has just been quieted that uh we don't hear that loud objection might might have been a much louder objection internally the first time we did it than after many times, and that that conscience becomes numbed and so. We want to sensitize our conscience, and that's going to happen through prayer, again through reading. And then also the same way we learn other things is through others. We have these discussions with people, we share ideas with people, we uh, ask questions of people. How did you deal with this situation? What did you do when you had a business opportunity that was very lucrative, but it looked like the guy that you were doing business with was a little bit shady and was not handling his own employees well? How did you handle that? And then you say, well, I just chose not to do business with him. I knew that it wasn't worth the money. Oh, yeah, okay, I can see that. And then you help to form someone's conscience that way. And as you point out, especially having children, parents are responsible for forming the conscience of their children. So they want to read with them the catechism, the scriptures, other uh, lives of the saints, other examples. And they also want to share with them as different events come up in life What's the Christian way to handle this? Here are some ideas about how you can handle it better.
0: Mm, okay so that that makes sense. and you've gone to the Catechism a couple of times there in your explanation. Why is that so important aside from the fact that I mean it's really thick. I mean it's it's what a couple thousand pages or so. Um, why is, is that so important for us to be? with us and in guiding us?
1: Well, it's the, the fruit of 2,000 years of reflection on how to apply Christian principles as expressed by Jesus, recorded largely in Scripture, also passed on through the Church's teaching office, the Magisterium, how to apply those to specific situations in life, that's the moral section of the catechism, mm-hmm. and it's uh, tremendously helpful. Why should we have to reinvent the wheel? Why should I not be able to benefit from the brilliant mind of St. Thomas Aquinas or St. Augustine or St. Bonaventure? Why shouldn't I be able to benefit from the, the teaching office guided by the Holy Spirit in all of our popes and the, the bishops in gathered in council throughout the last 2,000 years. So it really brings together in uh, a digestible form. It's not easy by any means. It takes a little bit of work. Some parts are easier than others, but in a digestible form that for an average educated Catholic is certainly accessible. uh, And we can gather that together and learn from that wisdom and start to form our minds after the, the mind of Christ in the church.
0: Well, that makes sense yeah, certainly use the, the knowledge as is brought forth before you so getting back to the core of it I'm assuming that there's some of these things that we've, we've been talking about today is, is in there in the catechism how do we teach someone else to be in a better conscience because I mean I can understand in my world I can just not hire that guy again, you know. I can not pursue the the business relationship anymore. And sometimes you say why you, you're not doing it. Sometimes it's just easier just to to let the thing end. You know. To take another example, I didn't like pizza from that place. Instead of going online and writing a review about why I didn't like their pizza, I can just order from a different place. it's a lot easier and. same net effect will happen anyway so with that in mind how do we go down the direction to create the most positive impact for any given event
1: well uh, it's a great question and the reality you're pointing to is that we have different relationships with different kinds of people we have a different relationship with a spouse or a child or a parent Than we do with a business contact. We have a different relationship with a fellow parishioner than we do with somebody who belongs to a a different Christian denomination or a a different religion. We have a different relationship with uh, our physical neighbor whom we might have been living next door to for a long time than we do with uh, a, a random person on television or on the radio, right? So anyway, there are different kinds of relationships and so those require different kinds of responses from us. If we don't take the opportunity to uh, speak these things out to those that we love and we have a chance to uh, form and really responsibility for, well, uh, that's something that we need to look seriously at. Am I neglecting something there? in your example about the the pizza joint you know is there is are they doing something immoral you know are they doing something that requires some intervention that we really have a responsibility as a citizen or as a christian to say hey you know when you cheated me out of that pizza that wasn't right and so i really have an obligation to say something maybe it's not criminal but it's not moral either Mm -hmm. and so i have an obligation to say something just the fact that I didn't like it well you know maybe uh, we feel like they would be better off knowing that and they could improve their pizza and our opinion matters to them maybe we think it doesn't and I'd rather wouldn't waste the time anyway different relationships different so with a
0: follow-up question off of that is there an ideal relationship to have with everyone
1: Well, there, there are rightly, we, we can't invest all of our time in everyone. So we have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of energy, and we have to divvy that up according to different responsibilities. And so certainly for spouse, for children, uh, then also for parents, for extended family, you know, we need to have a real commitment in those relationships. In those, some cases, even those fall apart for different reasons, and we have to distance ourselves a little bit from people and and uh, reinvest our time in other places. So there isn't a kind of ideal relationship in the sense that uh, there are different levels of closeness and different levels of responsibility, and we just need to be uh, somewhat explicit about that. Ultimately, in heaven, we will all be family. You know, that's what God has really made us into. So that in Christ, we are really all brothers and sisters. And so we don't ever want to just absolve ourselves of responsibility, like, oh that's you know I just write that guy off he's not my problem Um, well he's my problem he's always my problem in the sense that he's my brother he's my brother in Christ and so I need to at least pray for him I can't just write him off I can't just cross him off in my mind I need to at least pray for him and hope for the best for him and long to be forever with him in heaven so we should always be opening our hearts to that kind of relationship but um, we need to, in all of our relationships, we need to have a consistency that I don't become immoral in some relationships and moral in other relationships. That I exercise these virtues in some relationships and not in other relationships. We should have honesty and integrity. We should be men or women of virtue in every relationship. And so that's that's something that we need to strive for.
0: So. What, what, one of the things that's guiding this is whenever you have two virtues that seem to be at odds with each other, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, um, but they're coming down and one option that you pick is going to support one virtue, the other one's going to support the other, whereas they're probably only going to take care of the one and the other, and there's not really probably an option that can take care of both so in my world it comes down to are you better off having someone who's going to be able to get everything done well but it might take longer or someone who's going to get it done quickly but it doesn't look as good and in that's essentially with cost being the third point of that triangle um, the balance I have with virtually every contractor decision I have to make is it better to spend more money have it done right even though it'll take longer is it better to have it take forever and being done right but you're not gonna spend as much money or is it being in a situation where we just need this done yesterday and whatever it looks like it looks like so I think that those situations happen in everyone's lives, in different ways, and mine just happens to be involving contractors and, and the options that are out there. So, when we sit back and look at them, it's not that my crew over here who does better work it takes forever is any less a better of a person than my guy who's faster. It's just that they do two different outcomes and two different amount of times to do it there so when we look at balancing stuff like that how do we know what is the right decision and what is the right direction because again this is something that affects everyone
1: yeah that's right and uh, in terms of eternal value the value of everything we do is going to be measured by love So it's not better because it's faster. It's not better because it's prettier. It's better because there was more love in it. And we can do things fast with love. We can do things pretty with love. Uh, We can do things fast, and uh, it can be really a rush job, and our heart's not in it. We can do things pretty, and we just happen to be really gifted, but we haven't really put anything into it. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to keep in mind the, the very simple statement of uh, a Mother Teresa, do ordinary things with extraordinary love. So that's the, that's the consistency that we want. Sometimes we have to do things fast. Sometimes you know, we do things in a way that's beautiful. Um, but we should always try to do it with love, put as much love into it as we can. And then part of what you're bringing out is also difference in personalities. We're not all made the same. You know, some people are really gifted and can do really beautiful things, but it just takes a long time or can do a really high quality job, but it takes a long time. Other people couldn't do a high quality job to save their life. I mean, they just don't have the detail orientedness. They they don't have the skills. They don't have some of the natural abilities. And it doesn't mean even that they do it with less love. It just means they don't have the capability to do as high quality a job and, you know, how much they choose to charge for it and things like that um is is its own thing, so we've got to make those kinds of decisions i I think there's something beautiful in paying more for something that's going to last for a long time. That's really good quality, but i I don't need that in my coffee cup, you know, like I can use a paper coffee cup and life is going to go on, and I can throw it away when I'm done. Um, maybe I want to reduce some waste in my life and that's a good thing too that's another principle but we're always playing these principles off of each other and we recognize that people are made in different ways and so we try to make a prudential decision in in each context Uh, what's what's the best way to move forward and we can ask for divine inspiration with this at one level God doesn't care you know because all of its passing away he's really focused on the love question more than some of those details but at another level, he really does get involved in the smallest details in our lives. He loves to help us and be part of everything that we do. And so we should never exclude him from our decisions because we think that they're beneath him. Oh, he loves to be involved in even the littlest decisions. So we can really open and ask him for everything.
0: And that makes sense. So so we, we've covered a lot in this particular cast here, and as we're kind of drawing to a close here. Are there any final thoughts that you want to make sure that, that we take with particular emphasis as we walk, walk into the rest of our days?
1: Um, just, a, just an encouragement coming back to the, the question of how do I live out my Christian life in the context of uh, – how do I live out my Christianity in the context of my everyday life – well, again, the thing that we're most likely to let go of is prayer. Uh, it, it's so easy to think that it's just useless or that, you know, you know it'll wait till tomorrow. Or I, it doesn't really matter that much. It matters so much that we just give time to God because he, the, the Lord wants to uh, really work with us and uh, he wants us to be christians in the world he wants us to transform all of our own individual areas by his light and by his love and so taking the time with him is just so crucial uh... taking the time with him is just so crucial
0: well thank you father and, and, and thank everyone out there for, for listening as well And um, yeah, we wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for you saying yes back in the day about let's try this idea and we thank everyone out there for, uh, for, for listening as well. But I especially want to thank you, Father, for, for letting us, letting us do this and, and having it grow in, in the way that it has. And I uh, definitely want to thank you for that. So one of the things in the exploration of our growth is that we have created a Twitter account. It's very simple. It's at Father and Joe, where you guys can see our upcoming cast and we ask that you follow us and retweet it so that we can get some more people out there to see what we're doing here and hopefully it can benefit their lives as much as it helping with you so we thank everyone out there for listening again i thank you father and i hope you guys have a great week